Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? If you want to sound more natural when you speak English, you need to learn and use phrasal verbs. Phrasal verbs help you better understand natives in the media, and using them will help you sound more confident and natural yourself. In today's episode, we will give you the basics to understanding phrasal verbs, and you will learn some cool new phrasal verbs to spice up your vocabulary. boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Casse from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and serendipitous way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're sunbathing at your favorite beach. <laughs> okay, so today I'm joined in the global studio by the one, the only, Tiago. How are you doing? Hey, Casse. Hey everyone, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm so excited. It feels a little empty without Ethan here today, but I feel like we've got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, by the way, uh, what's the weather like there in South Africa? It's so cold. It's one of those days where um, it's, it's cold and sunny. And I think that sort of confuses us a bit more because we're wearing sweaters and boots mm -hmm. and the sun's out. So it's it's a, bit, it's a bit of a weird one for us here in Cape Town today. Mm -hmm. How about there? Oh, it's been freezing. My goodness. <laughs> it's been freezing. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I think it was four degrees, you know. Oh, wow. So, yeah, for those of you out there who think that Brazil is all about, you know, a sunny weather, you know, hot weather, think again, you know. <laughs> We do have cold days here in Brazil, yeah, especially in the south. Yeah, I heard it snowing in some parts. Is that right? Um, I, I've never heard of it. But here in the city where I live, Curitiba, right? Uh -huh. uh, there, there is a story. Yeah, there is actually there are people who say that it snowed here in the seventies. You know, mm -hmm. we actually had snow in the seventies, uh, and there, there are even pictures, you know, uh, of that. But I don't think you know uh, it actually snows here. Yeah, maybe you know, uh, you know, when it's really cold and it's raining, and it's so cold that the the rain, the water. It's almost like it's becoming snow, you know, but it's not really snow yet. Uh, you know, what would you call that? Frost? Yeah. Or, I mean, um, it could be frost. It could be like, if you mean like on the surface of, for example, your, your car uh, windscreen um, or, you know, your windows, it could it forms like frost on the window. Yeah, but it's not very common. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's not very common to happen here. Yeah, but we do have cold days like that in like two, three, four degrees, you know. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> I, I actually, I think it's it's quite um, funny because here in Cape Town, it's it's the same. Like it snows sometimes. Oh, cool. Um, and people don't know that it snows here. But in your case, like you're saying, no, this is just, you know, it, the last time it happened was probably like decades ago. Mm-hmm. So, Tiago, I, I heard you mention a very interesting word, um, a very interesting adjective earlier. 
Uh, what was that? Yeah, it was serendipitous. Uh, that's a big word. Mm-hmm. And serendipitous means, you know, something that happens organically, naturally, you know. Uh, I don't know. For example, imagine you go to a conference, you know, mm-hmm. and you start meeting people there and making connections, making friends. We can say that this interaction happens in a serendipitous way because it's Mm. something organic, natural, not forced, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's like, um, it's a coincidence. Uh, We would say a happy coincidence that, you know, like meeting... Mm -hmm you know, meeting someone unexpectedly and, you know, it just brightens up your day. What a serendipitous, um, mm-hmm. you know, situation to be in. You also mentioned an interesting verb. What was that? I think it was sunbathing, right? Sunbathing at your favorite beach. Uh-huh. And to sunbathe is to, you know, be under the sun, basically. Yeah, usually at the beach or by the pool, uh, you know, in order to try to get a 10, Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, we would also say like sun tanning mm. or um, just tanning, I guess. But I guess the difference would be like tanning outdoors versus tanning, uh, for example, artificially in like a salon or something using a tanning bed to suntan. Yeah, I think I, I give that example of sunbathing because, I you know, it's been so cold here where I live now, you know, <laughs> and we are entering winter season, yeah, that I'm starting to think about, you know, the beach already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a perfect one uh, for us here in the Southern Hemisphere. We we really miss the, the sun right now, um, or ex- at least the, the heat <laughs> and being able to go to the beach. Yeah, so we have a question here to answer. So, Kasi, tell me, what is the best way to wind down after a long day for you? Hmm, I think for me it is like being able to, you know, relax on the couch, <laughs> really, or just to be able to sit down in a comfy chair and either read a book, you know, or listen to some good music. I really love that. Um, I do feel that, it, of course, it, it depends on the book and it depends on the music. But for me, this is a really nice activity after a long day of work. Yeah, for me too. I mean, I like to I like to sit down on the couch. I don't know why. It's like, you know, you do so many things throughout the day, always moving around, right? Yeah. That, you know, at the end of the day, when you finish working, it's nice to just sit down. You know, I have my favorite armchair here in the living room, right? And then I just sit down and look around a little bit, kind of just, uh, you know, chill. Sometimes without even doing anything, you know, just sitting there. Yeah. But then, you know, sometimes I would I, I watch a, a sitcom, you know, an episode of a sitcom that I like, you know, like The Office, for example. Uh, you know, just for fun. Yeah. 20 minutes very quick, you know. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. But, you know, the actual sitting on your favorite chair or armchair. Yeah. That is definitely a way for me to wind down, wind down, yeah. Yeah, I think we're getting old. <laughs> yeah. I think if we were like 10 years younger, our answer might be different, but I, I think we're at that stage in life where like just sitting down in a comfy chair is the oh, best yeah. way to wind down. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what does wind down mean? So wind down is a phrasal verb, right? And, you know, it's already kind of hinting at the topic today mm-hmm. that we're going to be discussing all about phrasal verbs. And it basically means to to relax, you know, usually after uh, a long, hard day or a stressful day, if you do something to wind down, you relax. Yeah. Um, how would you explain that, Kasi? Um, So, yeah, it's exactly that to, you know, relax after doing something that made you tired. Or it could be 
Another way you could use it is to say that something is coming to an end gradually. So you can say, oh, the day is winding down. It means like, oh, we're, we're getting to the end of the day now. Um, yeah. Or if you're, you know, my, my vacation is winding down, it's coming to an end. So it's two possible meanings we have, right? Totally. Yeah. Phrasal verbs are awesome like that. You can use them quite versatilely. So let's get into, you know, phrasal verbs. So what are phrasal verbs? So uh, to put it quite simply, uh, a phrasal verb is an expression that usually has two or three words. And it's made of uh, a verb and a preposition. Sometimes you might have uh, two prepositions, right? But, you know, usually you have two words, a verb and a preposition. And the cool thing about phrasal verbs is that you have two words, that sometimes mean different things alone or isolated, right? But when you put them together, they form yet another third unique meaning. So, for example, let's take the, the phrasal verb look after, right? Look after. If you look at the words individually, we have the verb look, you know, which means to see something or watch something, right? You look, and then you have the preposition after, right? After a meeting, after working, right? But if you put these together, to look after becomes to take care mm. of someone. For example, I have to take care of my daughter. I have to look after my daughter. So what I find fascinating about phrasal verbs is this, is how two words that mean different things come together to form a third unique meaning. Yeah, I think that's pretty... Um, it's, it's sometimes one of the more difficult things for people to wrap their especially English learners, of course, to wrap their their heads around. It's something um, difficult to understand. How does how do these two words even fit together? And why do they mean these, this completely different thing? Um, and this can be quite a challenge for some people. But I guess like what we'll be doing today is we're going to explain how you can use them and also why you should learn them and how you can use it to obviously improve your vocabulary and your language in general. So phrasal verbs are interesting because, you know, there are phrasal verbs for different levels. Um, of course, as with all vocabulary, it, it comes in in different levels of use. So we don't use certain phrasal verbs in our regular daily lives because it's, it's not applicable. And it's good to know which category they fit into. Mm -hmm. So we can think of it in terms of levels, right? So we could say that we have easy phrasal verbs, for example, uh, wake up or sit down. You know, these are common, easy phrasal verbs. I'm sure that if you are an intermediate learner, you know those, right? So we could categorize those as easy phrasal verbs. Uh, and then we have the medium level phrasal verbs, uh, those are maybe a little bit uh, harder, you know, for you to, to, to learn, but they're still quite obvious because if you look at the actual words being used there, they're obvious. For example, hand in, you know, you have hand in. For example, I have to hand in my homework, yeah, to the teacher. So if you picture, yeah, you with your piece of paper or homework uh, in your hand, and giving it to the teacher, it makes sense, right? It's kind of obvious that you hand in to the teacher. Another example could be give out. You know, imagine you have some flyers to distribute, right? You can give out those flowers. So uh, think about the literal action of giving something to other people, right? 
so giving out. So I would say these are more medium level because, you know, they are not so obvious as maybe wake up or sit down. But if you look at the words, you know, you can kind of make sense of what they mean, you know? Yeah, those, those are really great examples. So you're saying basically, or let me just, you know, reiterate what Thiago said, uh, is that basically with the easy category, it's like he said, it's obvious. So we use them in our daily lives, like, oh, uh, wake up, stand up, sit down. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, these are like, it's exactly, you don't even need the preposition in most of these cases, because once you hear the one word, you know exactly what, what the action is. Uh, and the medium ones uh, are the ones that you have to, it's not that difficult to understand if you think about what it literally means, but you might have to give it some thought because it has a very specific action. Like you're saying, give out. It's not just giving it, it's like distributing it, hand in to a particular person or place. So yeah, it definitely is a little bit more uh, complex, but I think this next category might be the hardest one, yeah? Yeah, that's the hard one, right? The hard category. And, you know, these phrasal verbs are more abstract, I would say, because, you know, if you look at them, they don't make much sense, you know, uh, in terms of meaning, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. you kind of, you need to memorize them. There's no other way, you know? So we, uh, if you uh, consume a lot of English content, you know, regularly, uh, eventually you will absorb these phrasal verbs. But here are some examples. Turn out, right? We have turn and out, turn out. Uh, you might think of maybe turning when you are driving, for example, you turn left or turn right, right? And out, you know, uh, out of a place, right? Not inside a house, maybe. But turn out means uh, how something ends or when you want to express the end result of something. For example, oh, um, I went to the movies last night and I was expecting the movie to be really bad, but the movie turned out to be great. You see? So it's this idea of uh, in the end of the story, you know, uh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Um, I think you're right. It is. I think if you, if you've never heard it before, you might not know what it means, but I think this third category is a category of phrasal verbs that requires you to think of the context. So if you hear one of them, you have to think of what is the situation? Oh, turn out. Mm, mm, what is, what yeah. could it mean? You know, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've you added a few more examples here, like uh, to call off. So if someone calls off, calls something off, um, it would mean to cancel, to cancel that meeting or event or something like that. And call and off definitely don't mean that. Um, and I think when we when we think of of off, we can think of something ending, and we think of call maybe an announcement. So when announcing that something is ending, you can really think of like a really deep sort of contextual uh, way of, of trying to decipher or think of what these words, figure out what these words mean. But yeah, let's go to the next question that uh, learners might have, uh, which is, why should I learn this? So one reason I can, I can give you listeners here is, well, one reason is native speakers use them all the time. So, um, you know, even though the English language is spoken by non-native speakers, mostly, right? If you compare, you know, uh, native speakers versus non-native speakers, if you consume English media, 
That means movies, TV shows, uh, music. Uh, most of it is dominated by native speakers, the news, right? So um, if you want to better understand what you consume on English media, um, that is really helpful, you know, for you to be more, more familiar with phrasal verbs, the most common phrasal verbs that natives use. So it does help you improve your listening. That's one reason. I cannot agree with more. I think anyone who's watched our um, real-life English videos knows that I, I really have, I really love phrasal verbs. I think they're <laughs> such a core, integral part of like the language. We literally, as Chiago said, use them all the time. And you only need to learn the phrasal verb to know the meaning of the entire situation. You know, like if someone just uses call-off, you know something's ending. You know exactly what's mm -hmm. happening in that situation. So these are, are quite descriptive. I mean, if someone just says end, you don't know, like, end what, what? But call off, you know, something, an event or something was, you know, came to an end. So it's mm -hmm. it's really quite a, um, a useful and um, I would say colorful part of the language because it adds that, you know, detail that we don't need to, you know, get into. We just understand it naturally. So, um, yeah, tell me more. What, what else? Why else should... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I, I like what you said because it actually connects to the next reason why people should learn phrasal verbs. Do you want to share that one, Cassie? Sure. Okay, so it helps you sound more natural. So, uh, for example, I need to finish many things today versus I need to get through many things today. So the phrasal verb get through literally describes that the situation that you're in. It, it, it adds more detail. It adds more um, description to the listener's mind. And it also, as I mentioned, helps you sound more natural. So I think people will understand what you're trying to say more easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that word that you used earlier, colorful, yeah? I mean, uh, mm -hmm. it adds more color to the language, right? To your vocabulary. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to add that color to your English as well, if you use it. Exactly, exactly. I think it also just, it's a it's a fun, uh, with colorful and fun. And it's like um. It doesn't sound so stiff and formal, I think, is is what mm -hmm. I, I am trying to say. So it, it's, it, you just sound more relaxed when you're able to use these phrasal verbs. What's the third reason? Yeah, another reason is because, you know, it's one of the characteristics of advanced English. So uh, we know that uh, we have many followers, viewers, listeners who are at this stage, right, in their English learning process. They are at intermediate or upper intermediate level, and they are looking to get out of that level, to break out of intermediate, to get to advanced English, right? So if you want to get to advanced English, learning more phrasal verbs can definitely help you do this. Yeah? Yeah, that's true. I think um, we we often think that, you know, we need to study all these grammar rules and we need to study all of these. Of course, you do need to study them. I'm not saying don't study them. I'm just <laughs> saying that this is also an integral part of getting to that advanced level is knowing how to use them, knowing how to use phrasal verbs and other um, uh, vocabulary in a natural way. Um, I'm curious to know, Tiago, like in your English language journey, did you have any particular way or any... Do you have any tips that you could share with listeners on how, you know, you've studied phrasal verbs or how you were able to integrate that into your vocabulary? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, look, I know that for some people, actually making lists, you know, and studying those lists uh, can help, right? But in my case, um, I didn't do it like that, you know. I think I was never like the good student, 
you know. Uh, I didn't have the habit of taking many notes or, you know, uh, listing vocabulary, trying to memorize it. So I always try to do it in a more serendipitous way, yeah, to go back to the word and more organically. So what I focused on was consuming content in English daily, you know, watching many movies, TV shows, listening to stuff, watching videos, you know. And then naturally, I would uh, be exposed to all these phrasal verbs. And then little by little, you know, if something caught my attention, you know, I would focus on that phrase or that expression, like, oh, that's a nice expression. What does that mean? And then I would look it up, uh, learn the meaning, and then, oh, okay. And then I will play it again, repeat, you know, and uh, imagine myself in different situations saying that phrase. But that's how it went for me. It was kind of more organic, like I said, you know, consuming content and just focusing on expressions that called my attention, you know? Mm, I like that. So you're saying, like, you you put that, learning into action into practice like you you try to use it almost immediately so that it became part of a natural part of your vocabulary as opposed to just studying and studying and studying um, new mm-hmm. lists of of words okay very interesting very interesting and i think the point of uh things that call your attention because you know let's say you watch uh, a tv show in english right mm-hmm. for sure you will see a lot of phrasal verbs being used there but uh, the point is you don't have to learn all of those at that time you know you can just focus on one or two that stand out to you that you like best, and then you focus on those. Yeah, and then if you do that every single day, it stacks up, it adds up, you know? So you don't have to learn a bunch of new phrasal verbs in one sitting. That's awesome. I like that. I think that many of our listeners will like relate to what you were saying. I think many people don't want to have to learn tons of phrasal verbs in order to, um, you know, memorize you know, new vocabulary. I think what you said is is really useful. You know, learn only two or three at a time. And, you know, at, you used a good word there. I think you said it It stacks up. Use a good expression, like it stacks up. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it accumulates uh, over time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, when you invest money, you know, the compound interest, right? It compounds, right, over time. And yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's more about consistency, and quality of practice than quantity, per se. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our Real Life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. Okay, so let's talk about different types of phrasal verbs. Yeah, so one type that we listed here for you today is phrasal verbs that don't change the original meaning of the verb but make you sound more natural. For example, we have clean and clean up. 
clean up means pretty much the same as clean, you know? But if you say clean up, it makes you more natural. Yeah, it makes you sound more natural uh, when you speak English, right? Uh, is there any other example you can give here, Cassie? Uh, yeah, I, I want to add something, though, with this up, because I, I think a lot of people are like, no, it doesn't make sense. Why would I need to add this up? The same with the, the other example that I want to share, which is finish and finish up. The up in this phrasal verb, it as as Chiago said, it almost feels like it's unnecessary. Why do I need to say finish up, clean up? It's the same thing. And in most cases, it is. But I think a lot of people have been trying to add a little bit more meaning uh, to it. So we've given this up almost um, a particular function. So it's as though the up adds the information of cleaning completely or finishing completely. So there's cleaning and then there's cleaning up. Like I'm going to clean up my room. I'm going to clean it completely. I'm going to finish my meal. I'm going to finish up my meal. So I'm going to eat it. You know, it literally means the same thing, but we're just (laughs) adding this up to you know, almost represent this word completely. Emphasize it, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you emphasize that you're really going to clean it, right? We're really mm-hmm. going to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the second type of phrasal verbs. So phrasal verbs that can be split. So this is one that often confuses learners because they're like, oh, but why? Why can I move the the preposition. Why and how do I do it? When do I know when to do it? Um, and an example of this is, for example, take off, take off your shoes, take off your shirt. Or you could say, take your shoes off, take your shirt off. Um, so the the preposition moves to the end of, of that sentence in that case. Mm-hmm. True. Any other examples that you can think of? Pick up. For example, you pick up the kids at school, right? Or you pick the kids up at school. Mm-hmm. So notice that you can, you know, uh, use the preposition after, right, the object. Uh, there is a rule for this, actually. There is a rule uh, related to the object of the sentence. But in all fairness, guys, um, in my opinion, it's just too confusing. <laughs> you know, I never, <laughs> I never learned these by learning the rule, you know, it was just memor- memorizing, right? So you memorize that some phrasal verbs allow you to do this and others don't, right? Mm-hmm. So with enough practice and um, English exposure, you will get to a point where uh, you know that a phrasal verb can be split up because you have already heard it being split up many times before, you know, but without necessarily having to learn the rule. But for those of you out there who like to study rules, you can definitely study the rule. Yeah, for this, if you go to Google, yeah, you can type in uh, uh, phrasal verbs that are splittable. And, you know, there are some websites that are explaining the rule for you. Yeah, Yeah, I I think, uh, as Chiago said, I think if you are able to understand it as he said, organically, then that helps. Like you, you just pick it up naturally. But if you are someone who feels like, okay, I need to understand exactly how to do this step by step, then I think this could be a great exercise for you to practice, mm-hmm. which is to understand when and how to split the phrasal verbs in this in these types of phrasal verbs, so that you you can use them more mm-hmm. more naturally. Um, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I would say that these ones are probably, this group of phrasal verbs are probably the hardest to um, 
not to understand what they mean, but to actually use in these two different ways. You might find that you you prefer not to split them. So you could just keep mm-hmm. it as take off your shirt instead of take your shirt off. So you could <laughs> you could just keep it that way if you find it um, to be easier. Yeah, that's actually a great tip because, you know, if you are not sure whether a phrasal verb can be split or not, just play it safe and don't split it up, you know, <laughs> keep it together. Exactly. You can go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. And what about the third group? The third group is um, phrasal verbs that cannot be split. So it's the opposite, right? For example, we have here running to, right? To run into a person. When you run into a person, you meet that person unexpectedly, right? And um, for example, I can say, oh, I ran into Susie last Mm -hmm. night. But I can't say uh, I ran Susie into last night. It just doesn't make sense. But notice that even as you listen to it, there is something off, right? You can feel in your gut, right? Instinctively that, man, this sounds off. This doesn't sound correct. So I would say trust a little bit your your ears, you know, trust your ears, your instincts, right? Because, you know, if you have been um, consuming English for a while, um, some things will sound off naturally for you. And then when you check that, you realize that, yeah, you were correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a very great point. Um, I think just like if I, if I'm saying something, but I know that I've never heard anyone say this in the same way or in this particular way, like you said, um, run Susie into. I've never heard that before, so it becomes funny, and you mm-hmm. might find that you feel automatically um, that it is wrong because it just sounds incorrect. Yeah, you know when that happens, uh, that happens sometimes in my classes. You know when I'm teaching a student, and then uh, the student asks me a question about maybe a certain word order or construction that I've never heard of before, you know? Mm-hmm. So I usually go, look, I've never heard that before. And I've been doing this for like 20 years. So, you know, I trust, you know, uh, my experience with the language. Uh, I have heard it like this a lot, you know, but not the way you are saying. But, you know, let's check it together. Let's confirm. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, I, I would say that many times I am correct, right? I mean, because, you know, you have that baggage, right, of years, consuming the language. So you kind of know what is right and what is wrong. But sometimes to my surprise, I realize that, oh, actually, that is also possible. Maybe it's not so common, right? But it's possible. And then I learned something new myself. So yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you have these little experiences teaching, right? Which is amazing. And that is, that's a really great point too, because I think like sometimes we surprise ourselves because we discover these sort of exceptions to the rules. Mm-hmm. And um, we're like, oh, wow, you know, I actually didn't realize that I I could do that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I think, yeah, this is a good example that you've used. I, I, I agree with that completely. All right. So before we continue with this awesome topic, let's, you know, take a quick break and listen to a shout out from one of our listeners. All right, so the shout-out today comes from Aholibama Espinosa. Hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. And they say, I love it. It is very convenient for me because I can use it when I'm doing chores or driving. I can also practice shadowing when I have time. I truly recommend this app. It's going to help you improve your skills like listening and reading. And they also give you the opportunity to speak with people around the world. That's the best idea. Well, everything they have, it is valuable. It's really the best app I can tell. 
Don't think about it. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this listener was very like emphatic, right? Yeah, don't even think about it. No, there's no other option. Use the app. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Aholibama. This is a really, really awesome review. Thank you for that five-star review. And if you guys want to have us shout you out on the next podcast, just head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. All right, guys. So now Tiago and I are going to ask each other a series of questions. And each of these questions contain a phrasal verb. And we're going to answer the question and then talk about it afterwards. Are you ready, Tiago? Sure. So, Kase, tell me, who do you take after the most? Your mother or your father? Eek. Okay. So I would have to say <laughs> <laughs> that I take after my mom more than my dad. Because I think she's a very um, empathetic person, but at the same time, like she's very like she she knows what she wants. She she really goes after what she wants. So she's like sort of like a contrast. Like she cares about everyone else very much, mm -hmm. and she's always trying to help everyone. But she knows what she wants, and so she's like on this like really awesome um, journey of like living her best life. <laughs> <laughs> living her best yeah, life and at cool. the same time helping others and so yeah i mm -hmm. i think i'm quite like that myself mm -hmm. yeah i mean we usually have a little bit of both right but i think that at the end of the day we tend to take after one more than the other yeah mm -hmm. good point yeah good point and by the way uh what does that mean i mean uh take after someone like take after your mom or dad mm. so to take after someone means to be similar in terms of characteristics and traits. Um, so in the case of a parent, to take after one of them could mean have similar personalities, have similar characteristics, or even um, just, you know, little things like I take after my dad, I we have a similar laugh, <laughs> or <laughs> we have a similar sense of humor. Uh, so yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it means to take after someone. Okay, so let's go to the second question. So what is the best way to branch out and make friends? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not maybe the best person to give this advice because, you know, um, I am kind of a lone wolf. You know, <laughs> I like to kind of be by myself, keep myself to myself. But, you know, I would say if you want to meet more people, like, you know, make new friends, you got to go out there. And actively, you know, uh, be in places where there are people. Uh, I find that uh, something really cool, especially if you are new in a city, you know, or if you if you just move to a new place, is maybe taking a course or something. You know, taking a course, you know, because probably you're gonna meet people there. Yeah, and then you can start socializing. Uh, what other tips would you give, Kasi? I would say if you want to branch out and make friends, you have to step out of your comfort zone and you have to um, do things that you wouldn't normally do. I think that, you know, on the one hand, as you said, you know, take a course, do something you're interested in. But on the other hand, try something you haven't done before, like joining social groups online. I know it might not sound like the safest way to um, to meet new people because we all know uh, the internet is not a 
uh, a very safe place at all times. But uh, I would say from my own experience with learning a language, I actually made friends um, by made new friends by joining language exchange groups online. So I would help people with English and they would help me with Portuguese. And I've made so many good friends um, from that experience. And the phrasal verb we have here, you have to branch out and make friends. What does that mean, Cassie? So to branch out means to sort of leave your comfort zone, to to go out, to step out of what is sort of your normal routine or your normal activities and, you know, do something that you wouldn't normally do mm-hmm. in this context. It would mean to... <laughs> to go out and make friends. What would you say? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I, I think of a tree, you know? Mm. <laughs> Maybe because of branch, right? The tree has branches, right? It's like the arms of the tree, right? I view that as expansion, you know? Maybe you are mm-hmm. creating a new arm or a new branch, you know? Yeah, a new part of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what kind of noises do you have to put up with in your house? Well, one that I... <laughs> That I can think of is my daughter's cry sometimes, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, she's cute and everything, but sometimes, you know, it can be a little bit too much. Yeah, so you have to put up with it. <laughs> but, you know, babies, right? What are you going to do, right? It's part of the process. Uh, by the way, to put up with something means to tolerate, you know, to tolerate it. You know, like it's a situation that is not ideal, you know, but you put up with it. Yeah, you tolerate it. Kase, next question. What is the best way to cheer up someone who is sad? The best way to cheer someone up is to do something for them that usually makes them happy. Um, So whatever it is that makes them happy, maybe do that thing, whether it means like doing something silly or, you know, offering to help them in some way. Obviously, I think it would depend on what made them unhappy in the first place or what made them sad in the first place. Um, so to cheer up as a verb, it means to help someone become less sad or less unhappy. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next question is, would you like to bring up your children in the countryside or in the city? Mm, that's a good question. I think a balance of both. You know, uh, on one hand, I like the countryside vibe of, you know, being a, a more remote place, a quieter place. But I also, you know, I am a big city person, eh? I, I come from a big city, so, you know, I miss the big city as well. Like, you know, I like to have shopping malls and stuff to do, you know, in the city. So I will probably choose a balance, you know, a city that is big enough so that we can have options, yeah, uh, of things to do for leisure, but also that has this countryside vibe. So a city that is not too small, but not so big either, you know. Uh, by the way, to bring up your kids or your children means to raise them, yeah, If you have a child, you have to raise this child. You have to bring up this child. And it involves the whole process of educating the kid, feeding the kid, clothing the kid, bathing the kid. You know, everything that the person needs to grow up well and healthy, right? This could be included in the bringing up process, right? Uh, Kase, next question. What is something you could go without to save money? So it's very difficult for me to answer this question, but I would say maybe certain luxuries um, in terms of like eating out or, you know, spending money on uh, takeouts, um, you know, takeaway, you know, meals from restaurants, because I think, yeah, that's probably a waste of money. And so 
what it means to go without means to be able to manage or survive without something that you're used to having. Yeah. So for example, if you're used to going out to, to restaurants to eat, um, but it's really not, um, a, you know, an important part of your life, it's not an, an essential part of your life, then you can go without it. So um, what is something you would like to save up for? Well, uh, as you know, Kasi, I am a musician, right? I like to play music. And, you know, I have been wanting to, to buy a bass also, you know. I have guitars and I have a keyboard, but I don't have a bass yet for my home studio. So, you know, uh, I've been actually saving up to buy that bass that I want. To save up means to save money. You put aside some money every month so that you can buy something uh, eventually, right? So you save up money or you economize. And the last question, did you ever mess around in class when you were younger? I did. I did mess around in class when I was younger. Um, I especially messed around in classes where I, <laughs> I was not a very good student. So I always paid attention in English class and other language classes that I had, but I tended to mess around in, <laughs> in math class <laughs> because mm -hmm. I couldn't focus on the numbers. It just wasn't my favorite subject. So to mess around means to be playful or silly or to joke around, to to not, you know, take something too seriously. That's what it means to mess around. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, I hope you guys learned a ton of new phrasal verbs with us. And I hope that you also feel more excited, more, you know, eager to start using these phrasal verbs in your daily life. And if you would like to learn more about phrasal verbs, why not check out our Real Life English channel? Because we recently did a few lessons on this topic. And before you go, why not leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform? And if you have time to do so this week, don't forget to check out our live lessons on Instagram at reallife.english. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.